talking about. Film's the greatest educational medium the world has ever known. Hi guys, and welcome back to Teenage Golden Age, a podcast where we talk about old Hollywood movies from the perspective of the next generation. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite films and the first old movie I watched, It Happened One Night, and the methods of how it creates a romantic love story and creates love and sexual tension without physical means. Before we start, please make sure to rate and review us if you enjoy our podcast because it helps grow our audience and help more people hear about old movies. Also, make sure to follow our Instagram and TikTok where we post movie clips, podcast clips, reminders about when new episodes come out, and more. Just for summary, in Frank Capra's acclaimed romantic comedy, Spoiled Erinus, Ellie Andrews, played by Claudette Colbert or Colbert, marries the scheming King Wesley, leading her tycoon father to spirit her away on his yacht. After jumping ship, Ellie falls in with the cynical newspaper reporter Peter Warren, who offers to help her reunite with her new husband in exchange for an exclusive story. But during their travels, the reporter finds himself falling for her. I started out for New York, and I'm going to get there if I have to starve all the way. Okay. So, fun fact, Ellie Andrews and Peter Warren actually never kiss in this film, and, like, even in The Hayes Code, in films they could kiss so you guys are probably wondering how how do they make this film with so much romance and passion so let's talk about it claudette colbert or colbert there's kind of this dispute about whether her name is colbert or colbert i don't know there's some sites that i was looking at that said her name colbert or and some of them said colbert so i'm not really sure but emily which was her original name was born on september 13th 1903 in a small village outside of paris she moved to new york city at at the age of three and emily was not interested in being a movie actress at all during her childhood but in her late teens early 20s she met a playwright at a party and she encouraged claudette who recently changed her first name to try out for the play and she eventually got that small part. Claudette had a flourishing Broadway career in her late 20s and she was in her first silent film for the love of Mike which has now been lost sadly. Claudette couldn't choose between film and the stage but that was chosen for her when the stock market crashed in 1929 and a couple years Later, she went on to do It Happened One Night, which she won an Oscar for. The night of the Oscars, fun fact, Claudette thought she wouldn't win, so she was taking a train to New York that night. And when it was announced that she won Best Actress, someone yelled at her and she was escorted to the event and accepted the Oscars in her normal clothes. Clark Gable. William Clark Gable was born in 1901 in Ohio and he saw his first theatrical play in the late 1910s and immediately knew that was his destiny. He was referred to as the king of Hollywood and made more than 60 motion pictures making some of the most notable old films besides it happened one night like Gone with the Wind from 1939, San Francisco from 1936, Red Dust from 1932, and The Misfits from 1961. 
Now let's talk about the director of this film, Frank Capra, who really was one of the greatest old Hollywood directors and he made some of the best romantic comedies. Francisco Capra was born in 1897 in Italy and at age six he rode on a boat from Italy to Southern California and settled there. About 15 years after that, Frank saw an ad for a new movie studio and convinced them to let him make his first film, in 1922. He climbed the industry ladder, apprenticing in a film lab, becoming a prop man, and working his way up to his first big break when the president of Columbia Pictures made him a company director making movies for stars. He made some of the most famous old films like You Can't Take It With You from 1938, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from 1939, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town from 1936, and of course, It's a Wonderful Life life from 1946. He, I would say, had a, such an incredible niche for creating love stories. So talking about when I first watched this film, and given that this was the first old movie I'd watched, it was definitely weird because I felt like this film makes old movies look older than they seem. I don't know, maybe it's just like the simplicity of the film that makes it look so old and the fact that our movies are now are so like complex. Um, really kind of dates it so like it definitely feels extremely old to me when I first watched it also what really struck me was when they hitchhiked because I'd never known what that was and you can imagine how weird hitchhiking is for our generation just like getting into a stranger's car like no stranger danger also the newspapers are a big topic talked about in this film and this film really shows how people featured in the newspaper were mostly like the rich and I think now we mostly focus on like the celebrities in our newspapers um and we are less invested in like the really rich families and I mean we only talk about like I don't know Elon Musk for example also this film really illustrates how newspapers were the way people heard about occurrences and it was a dominating industry those are just a few things that I was thinking when I first watched this my first old movie anyways let's talk about how this film creates a romantic love story and focuses on love and sexual tension without physical means Let's look at the two characters more in depth, Ellie Andrews and Peter Warren, because I think that really is going to help us understand why this film evokes romance and love. Ellie Andrews and Peter Warren meet on the bus and are forced to sit close together, and do we see how their personalities collide? Ellie Andrews is this rich woman who evokes independence and kind of has a rebellious personality as we see her dive off the boat to run away from her father. She doesn't want any help from a man and she's determined to finish her journey by herself and outsmart her father. This explains her reaction when Peter Warren begins flirting with her and tries to impress her. In the majority of the film, one character is for the relationship and the other one is against the relationship. And this is represented when in the first scene we see Peter Warren being the sweet one and Ellie Andrews is the cold-hearted one. That soon switches though and Ellie Andrews starts to like Peter Warren while Peter Warren gets more infuriated with her. Peter Warren is very opposite to Ellie Andrews because he is in the working class and has more of a toughness and is familiar with like the environment that they're in, you know, because this is Ellie's first time on a bus and so she doesn't save her money and gets her bag stolen and I think the bus driver is going to wait and she thinks the bus driver is going to wait for her as she gets breakfast but ends up she ends up being left by the bus 
You, you think this whole business is silly, don't you? I mean, running away and everything. No, no, it makes too good a story. Yes, you do. You think I'm a fool and a spoiled brat. Perhaps I am, although I don't see how I can be. People who are spoiled are accustomed to having their own way. I never have. We first meet Peter Warren in the phone booth when he is talking to his newspaper boss, Drunk. There is a high shawl on his face where half of his face is shadow while half of his face is lit. And I think this symbolizes how his character really switches from being a sweet guy to then a really brutal one sometimes. He's half sweet and half evil and this shadowing over his face is repeatedly done throughout the film. In both times they are in like this cabin slash motel and they are talking at night. And I think this shows the relationship that Peter has with other individuals because he only has this specific shadowing when he's talking with others. Anyways, the differences in personality and background between Ellie, Andrews, and Peter Warren and their behaviors around each other kind of create this sexual tension between the two and we start to root for their relationship. They have a really interesting and unique relationship from other relationships and so that's what really encourages us to root for them. A lot of uh, romantic comedies now I feel like the people who end up falling in love are the people who we don't think that are going to fall in love and the people who have like the most conflict in the beginning and so this film really shows that happening and so it's really cool kind of seeing the original film that you know this kind of establishment of like this the romantic comedy storyline like this is the start of it you know okay that was really mumbly but hopefully you guys got that um continuing they aren't just two people who suddenly fall madly in love and instead the relationship is a battle and it's so rewarding once they fall in love we want them to both be kind to one another so their relationship evolves and they are stuck with each other because they both want to get to New York and so they have to manage each other in some way. Both characters have flaws and Frank Capra makes his root for them because together they fit kind of the puzzle pieces for counteracting their faults. Frank Capra creates scenes in this film where they are forced to be close together and need each other's company. Most of the film is just two of them alone and one example of this is when due to the rain the bus has to stop and Ellie and Peter are forced to stay in an auto camp in this small cabin. There are so many incredible parts in this cabin and I think the fact that we see the iridescence of the rain peeking from the window kind of makes us feel trapped in this cabin and Ellie and Peter are forced forced to cooperate with each other and learn about each other. In the cabin, Peter Warren hangs this rope on the wall at, in between the two beds and puts a blanket on it to create, quote, the walls of Jericho. This wall physically and mentally shows their separation in the beginning and how later on these walls of Jericho, Jericho topple. A funny scene in this cabin is when Peter Warren says, the walls of Jericho will protect you from the big bad wolf, and then Ellie touches the wall and it kind of like wobbles and moves. Besides, you got nothing to worry about. The walls of Jericho will protect you from the big bad wolf. It foreshadows how their relationship won't be separated by a brick wall and that will never collapse and how the wall will come down easily. And additionally, when the morning comes around and they hear about the detectives that are going around, they decide to play a little act so they will not get spotted. And this is just a really funny scene where they're just yelling and crying at each other for laughs. 
when they succeed, they celebrate. And this is one of the first times when they both are happy with each other. And this scene just shows how they really do work well together. I like the way that their relationship slowly matures and gets closer. And I think that slow rise makes it just more rewarding once they fall in love. And there's just such a fight for their love. that, And that's what kind of draws us into their relationship. Through their journey, Peter Warren illustrates to her the beauties of life above like singing songs on the bus, dunking a donut for breakfast, and hitchhiking. And the audience sees that Ellie Andrews is falling in love with Peter Warren despite his non-luxurious life he lives with her. Say, where'd you learn to dunk? In finishing school? Oh, now don't you start telling me I shouldn't dunk. Of course you shouldn't. You don't know how to do it. Dunking's an art. Don't let it soak so long. A dip and... Flock in your mouth. You gotta hang that too long and get soft and fall off. It's all a matter of timing. Oh, I'll write a book about it. <laughs> Thanks, Professor. In this film, there is some gender stereotyping where the girl is wrong and the guy is right. And I feel like this and many other films frame women to be the problem slash enemy of the relationship when it is never one person that is the issue. Also, there is a form of chivalry in this film that kind of ages it, but I think adds the romantic tension and love in this film. Peter does so many great gestures to Ellie that also make us fall in love with their relationship. When they realize in the beginning that the bus is not going to wait for Ellie Andrews to get food, he leaves the bus so Ellie won't be alone. When Oscar Shapley, this annoying man that Ellie sits next to on the bus, is tormenting Ellie, he saves her by telling him to leave and that he is her husband. Also, when Oscar Shapley figures out that Ellie Andrews is on the same bus as him and that he could get a reward for turning her in, Peter Warren scares him away and saves Ellie from being caught. Just all of these gestures contradict the times when he is really bossy and rude, and that illustrates that he actually cares about Ellie Andrews. I asked you a simple question. Do you love her? Yes! But don't hold that against me. I'm a little screwy myself. Just to talk a little bit about the mise-en-scene, the mise-en-scene and just the way the film was shot also contributes to creating the romantic atmosphere of the movie. Just to admire the black and white coloring of this film, It Happened One Night uses a film that really creates an iridescence and luminescence to the black and white. Additionally, there's a lot of like contrast in the black and white, which kind of makes it really interesting to the eye. And this film is such a good example of how filmmakers really use black and white to their advantage, and it really contributed to the simplicity of the cinematography. This film has a lot of simple sets like the bus, the cabin, and the forest, and the simplicity and the kind of the order, ordin, ordinariness of these settings combined with the use of black and white to make it really pay attention to the characters and their love. Also, the normalness of these sets, which anyone can find, kind of lets the audience relate to this love story and shows how this is an ordinary love story. These two people aren't in their luxurious homes or in some fancy resort falling in love, which in the 30s was pretty common because like they, you know, they created a lot of films as an escapism um, for the Great Depression, and so they would show a lot of like luxurious homes in the films. The black and white also gives some comfort and warmth to the shot in some way, and there's one scene that displays this kind of warmth and beauty when they are running away from the bus after it crashes in a puddle, and a guy on the bus discovers that Ellie Andrews is on this bus. 
So as they go through the forest, there is this place in the forest where there is a lake. And the lake is just so shiny and iridescent amongst the darkness. And there is smoke in the air. And it's just Ellie and Peter there. And there's just something so romantic and comforting in this glowing river. And another beautiful scene in the forest is when they find a place to sleep. And they find this area with lots of hay. And they just line the hay in the dark. It just gives that comfortable feeling that they are safe together amongst this chaos they they are surrounded by and I love that scene I just want to lay in the hay with them too it's just like so I don't know peaceful there I just like I love that scene and I feel like my explanation of these scenes don't scenes don't give them justice so and they are so so beautiful so definitely go to our Instagram or TikTok where we will post a video or a picture um of these sets and scenes are absolutely beautiful oh my god one of the i don't know one of the most lovely like aesthetic scenes i've seen this is the first time in years i've ridden piggyback this isn't piggyback of course it is you're crazy i remember distinctly my father taking me for a piggyback ride and he carried you like this i suppose yes your father didn't know beans about piggyback rides. The last night they stay together before they go their separate ways. There is this quietness and tension between them on their last day. And you can just sense that they both are sad for each other to part, but don't know how to communicate it and are scared to reveal their feelings. It's the last second before one of them confesses, which makes it such a good romantic movie. It also adds to their relatability of being scared to confess the, their feelings, and it's not just this easy task to do. Frank Capra slowly draws in their romance until they are finally together. And yeah, this film definitely is a good example of how to make such a simple story captivating. I love you, nothing else matters. We can run away. Everything will take care of itself. Please, Peter, I can't let you out of my life now. I couldn't live without you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for sticking through the end of this episode, and I know it was a long one. You guys can watch It Happen One Night on really any streaming sites like iTunes, Prime Video, YouTube, and more. If you guys have any questions or comments about the podcast, make sure to email us at teenagegoldenage at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye!